Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster who just accidentally turned the flashlight and his phone on. But I'm really supposed to be here, patron. You keep my lights on, patrons, ironically enough, really. And then I'm here to take your uh, mind off of stuff while you turn the lights down low. But, keep, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'm going to be a spirit of the nightlight here. Because uh, it's time for Sleep With Me podcast that puts you to sleep. Thanks, patrons. Hey, everybody, this is uh, Drew. This episode was recorded a little while ago, so I just wanted to let you know this podcast is here so you can feel less alone day or night. We're going to keep coming out Sunday and Wednesday nights as usual. But if you need more help, you know, reach out for help. I have a list of resources in the show notes if you're looking for more help at, uh, in this current time because uh, I'm here to try to support you with that. Thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside... Whatever's keeping you awake, it could be thoughts, you know, things on your, you know, things you're thinking about, things on your mind. So thoughts, uh, <laughs> trying to think of other ways to repeat that. Feelings, any emotions coming up for you, things, feelings about the present, past, the future, just general, you know, general malaise. Uh, I haven't made that joke when you know when I'm at a Renaissance fair and uh, when I walk up to the Queen. And the ladies of the court, I always say, what's up, malaise? Uh, and I giggle to myself. Uh, and they say, oh, I thought it was a silent D, my queen. Uh, th- so there's that. Uh, oh, forgot what I was talking. Oh, so any feelings you're feeling? You might have feelings about that. You say, how dare you use malaise in the presence of the like a person at a Renaissance festival pretending to be, you know, performing in the role of the queen. And I say, nice recovery, Scoots. It'd be like to respect the hard work they're doing because I am a big Renaissance fair fan. So, oh, feelings, physical sensations. Uh, I'm here to take your mind off of that too. Anything else that could be keeping you awake and noise, try, you know, Noise, schedule changes, changes in routine, whatever it is, I'm here to take your mind off of it and keep you company as you fall asleep. And what I plan to do is I got this uh, safe place, I'm smoothing it, I'm patting it, I'm rubbing it down, pulling it taut if I, you know, if I need to, uh, and laugh, you know, thinking about like, uh, uh, like, you know, thinking about using my Long Island accent when I say taut, uh, uh, oh, so I'm creating a safe place. Then I'm going to send my voice across to the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, confusion. You know, over my mouth is, you know, when someone, particularly in a movie, puts too much food in their mouth for a comedic effect in a movie. That's usually the situation. Even though I don't have too many words in my mouth, it feels like I do. They're all in a hurry to come out. They say, we got to get out of there. They say, we finally got out of his brain. 
Now we just got to get through. They say, well, how do you get out of here? Anyway, this brain is like, uh, it's like a fun house, but most of the fun is consumed by uh, overthinking and, and, you know, past, present, or future. And some other words are like, I think I heard if you go across the vocal cords at just the right time, you could get out of there. So that's my theory of why I talk too much or why sometimes my words get mashed together. Not intentional or really something under my control. Just so many words and uh, they say, do you think we could get some atoms out of here? Some of the brain, some of the, maybe even the brain cells say, don't take us away for, for, you know, take me and my dendrite, please. Like, uh, with you, don't leave me here with Scooter, because he does this all day long. And I say, well, humans find it, believe it or not, humans find it soothing, uh, or some humans. So I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night, do all that stuff, uh, and I'm really here. Now, if you're new, just like my dendrites uh, or whatever, they say dendrite, I feel like a stalagmite up there. And I say, are you sure it's not a stalactite? Do you know the difference? Because I forgot, even though I learned it in fifth grade, I forgot whatever pneumatic device. Uh, they say it wasn't a pneumatic. I say, oh, okay. Well, my all mine are pneumatic, like full of hot air and not new, pneumonic or whatever. So you could see why something would want to get out of my brain. But if you're new, I'm glad you're here. Let me give you a couple of pieces of information because this podcast is very different and probably different than what you expected. Also, I'm very, you know, I'm I'm strange and uh, let's not dance around that. Let's lean into that. And maybe you had expectations. You say, well, I don't know what to expect. Someone's going to try to put me to sleep with bedtime stories or what are you going to do? So let me give you the rundown. Because it probably already confused you, or you might have, like raise your skepticism. Oh, oh, I hope I didn't raise your hackles, uh, because I'm not even sure. But so, what the you know? I say, is that the right word for that too? But so, here's a couple of things. You know. One, the best way to consume this podcast is loosely or out of focus or gently, almost like sand passing through your hands. Don't try to hold on to the sand. Just let it flow through your fingers. Uh, because if you try to focus on the show too much or you wait for it to get started, it's kind of podcast that, you know, never really, it's it's always running, never really got started, but it ne- it's always running. And you say, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I say, well, that's that's the business I'm in, the senseless, I'm in the senseless business. So just kind of see if you could barely listen. It's a strange thing to say, but this is the one podcast you don't need to listen to. You could just kind of barely listen. So it's one thing. The second thing is that when I started this, there weren't a lot of sleep podcasts and stuff, but now there's more and more. But I think this is still the one sleep podcast that really isn't here to put you to sleep. It's here to keep you company while you fall asleep and to take your mind off of stuff. As you drift off, I'm more here to be your companion and your friend in the deep, dark night, telling you a story, keeping you company, and you just fall off, you know, fall asleep, fall off of uh, the cloud into another cloud, and, uh, you know, in, or into the arms of Morpheus, I always like to say. And then I'll just, you know, you know, I'll just disappear, you know, in a poof of hot air or barely warm air, you know, for your comfort. 
So podcasts you don't need to listen to, no pressure to fall asleep. There's also, that's also a reason the shows are about an hour is to give you plenty of time. So you don't got to worry. Oh my gosh, if the show's over in 20 minutes, will I still be awake? I say, well, I'm going to be here for an hour. Also, if you can't sleep, there are listeners that listen to this, hardcore insomniacs or people that just need some comfort. I'm going to be here to the very end. So if you can't sleep, I'm here for you. Uh, so those are two things. Another thing that throws people off is the structure of the show. show starts off with an introduction or a hello, a greeting, I guess, not an introduction, a greeting. Then there's business. That's able how we're able to bring this podcast to you for free. That's how we're able to bring the podcast to regular listeners for free. But if you're new, not super important. Then there's an intro, which goes from about minute, I don't know, like uh, minute 6 to minute 20 uh, to minute 20, 24, I don't know, somewhere in there. So the intro is about 12 to 20 minutes of me trying to introduce the podcast and rambling So a lot of times, the strongest messages I get are either about the business or the intro or, you know, me. But, you know, those ones I take with a grain of salt. Or I just say, well, I'm not for everybody. But I always try to give you this information because I I know these are the things. So the intro is not like a self, I mean, I guess it is self-indulgent, but with a purpose. Or it's not an infomercial. It's a friend talking to you about nothing, basically. And, I, you know, I do try to give new listeners all the information I can, but believe it or not, every intro has been different, 800 and whatever, 60-something episodes. Or maybe it's more than that. I have no idea. Everyone's different because a lot of the regular listeners, I'd say 98 97% listen to the intro. And you say, well, why would they do that? Because you're giving them the same information every time. And I say, well, something borrowed, something blue. Something familiar just for you. It's, I don't know. But but really, it's that. It's part of people's bedtime routine. And the intro eases you into bedtime. So I think the largest portion of listeners start listening before they get into bed. Then the you know, second, you see, I'm taking, you know, talking like 33%, then 24%. Oh, the, the math already doesn't add up. But like... I don't know. Yeah, maybe then another 24% listen when they get in bed and they're getting comfortable. Then maybe there's another 23% that uh, fall asleep during the intro. Then there's like 2% of people that skip the intro. And then there's some other percentage of listeners that, you know, but the, the whole idea of the intro is it eases you into bedtime. So whether you're listening before you get into bed or when you're in bed, I don't know, it's like a runway to help you wind down and to carry your, your your focus from the day, from thoughts, feelings, or physical sensations uh, to my nonsense. Really, that's what it's here to do. So that's the intro. And yeah, I guess it serves a purpose, but it's also skippable. Like you could just start the show at 20 minutes or patrons get story-only versions. So some patrons listen to that. And then the show really isn't, it's really hard for me to design a podcast to be listened to all night, but some people do listen all night or patrons will like listen to a new episode and then story only episodes all night. But some people like listen to 30 minutes, fall asleep, wake up, listen to another 20. 
So I guess what I'm saying is see how it goes. Because the other piece of information I get from tons and tons of listeners is it takes two or three tries to get an idea that this to, to finally accept this podcast never got start. You say it's running that whole paradox. You say, it, you know, we're skeptical beings by nature. That's a good thing. So to get by that skepticism, the old skepticism of paradox, it would be one of my many autobiographies. I'm skeptical I'll write any of them. But because uh, you say, okay, this is a podcast that's already running and it never got started. But then after the third episode, you say, oh, yeah, I get Okay. Like, it's not like a really like a sitting under the Bodhi tree. It's more of like you shrug your shoulders and you say, well, and never, I totally understand that I never understood it. And that's how you know you're, that's how you know you're a regular listener for, but, but for regular listeners, it takes two or three tries to get to that point where you say, huh, you're right. He's right. It never got started, but it's been running the whole time. Or a lot of people wake up and they say, it never got started, but I felt like it, but it, you know, then it worked. Uh, so all I say is like, see how it goes. Because really for me, I'm only here to put you to sleep if I can, which I hope I do. So like, I just want the podcast to work for you if you can. So give it a few tries and see if it works. If it's, if it doesn't, you know, I got a list of podcasts at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. Or there's other resources out there. But I really want to help. I mean, one of the reasons I want to help is because, one, I believe you do deserve a good night's sleep. That you having a place of rest and solitude and comfort, a safe place where you could drift off, means your life's going to be better. And while that might not impact me directly... I really believe that makes the world a better place, a much better place. If you can live your life a little bit fuller, that's nice. And if I can provide that, then that makes, I don't know, that gives meaning to my life. And the other side of that meaning, and the reason it's important to me, is because I've been there. So I know how it feels on the other side of getting trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Oh, boy. Uh, tossing, you know, all those things, I, I deal with them or I've dealt with them like uh, in the past and it's not pleasant. And I want you bedtime to at least be a place of neutrality, if not something you could look forward to, because in the past I've dreaded it. And I really know for me, that's, you know, I don't know if I could spell this P A I N F U L. Is that right? And so if I can counteract that, if I can be your companion that you could turn to and you say, what a companion you are, you're you're always talking, but you're talking about nothing and you're always talking. You're all, you know, you never started to whatever other truism I made up there. But I think you get what I mean. Like, and this is what I hear from listeners. They've been listening to the show over the past seven years. They say, Scoots, I used to dread bedtime. Now I say, well, at least I got Scoots to listen to. He's going to talk some nonsense, and maybe I'll have half a giggle. You say that's what people say, like when they go to the imaginary sleep with me uh, enjoyment bar. They they say, what, so what do you see? You know, the person running it, they probably they're like, uh, yeah, what can, what can I get you for? Uh, and they say, I'll just take half a giggle. And they say, really, just half it? You don't want a full jar of, a, a bro, you know, boisterous laughter? 
Oh, no, I'm going to bed. I'm sleeping with scoots tonight. Just a half a giggle. Maybe a neutral, you know, not uh, a, 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 a one-eighth frown even. That would be me. That's a, that's, I'd be doing a victory dance. You say, Scoots, I went from a scowl, which is how my face is sometimes at bedtime, to a one-eighth frown. I say, hold, you got to be kidding me. This is like, the, I mean, when, one day I'll review all this in the post-life with somebody, and even they'll be confused. I'll be up there with Cheedy and the rest of the great philosophers, even the non-imaginary ones. And they'll say, well, maybe we'll be under the Bodhi tree or whatever a proper tree is. And they say, uh, so your, you, they say, so your existence was, uh, tell us about what gave your life meaning. One quarter, one, well, quarter to an eighth to a sixth uh, frown. That's what gave my, my, they say, what is, where's that uh, eternal glow? And I say, well, that's a high pro glow. They say, don't get that mixed up. It's not a spiritual thing. It's like I switched to a high pro. And they say, what's that high pro you talk about? So it's not, well, once it was now that I'm no longer human, I figured it'd be good for me to eat it. Uh, I always saw the ads, they were for dogs. And they'd say, what's up with that dog? It has a high pro glow. I always wanted that. And uh, so now I'm here, here in the big farm. I've been consuming uh, whatever it is, high, whatever, you know, I just get it, you know, delivered, high pro. So, but yeah, no, the thing that gave my life meaning was, yeah, helping people have one-eighth, going from a scout, now, not just a one-eighth frown. I mean, sometimes it would be a neutral look on their face or open mouth or an eighth of a giggle, you know, spritz, giggle spritz, we, used to, we call it on the show. They say, can you tell me more about this giggle spritz? And I say, well, it's available. Uh, like, uh, you know, now we, we live up here on the barter system. If you got any high pro, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you a bottle of giggle spritz. But a giggle spritz is like uh, when you just almost giggle. You giggle on the inside. Like instead of giggling, like, you know, totally like, like you're, you're, you know, nonstop giggling at something that's really funny. With your bestie. Oh, wait, everybody's gone. Uh, what happened? Once again, I'm under the Bodhi tree, but I'll just take a snooze. So that's it. That's why I make the show. That's what to expect is a lot of nonsense. Uh, after the intro, we'll be doing our uh, episodically modular series, Get Bessos, that you can listen to in any order. And then we'll have our uh, thank yous. So that's the structure of the show. I'm here for your choice a week on Sundays and Wednesdays. Every episode, every show kind of cycles a different style. And I'm glad you're here. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. I appreciate you coming by. And here's a couple of ways we're able to bring you this podcast uh, for free. All right. Hey, everybody. It's time for our episodically modular series, uh, the tale of Richard Warren Sears and James. Oh, what's episodically modular? It means you could listen to it more or less any order. Uh, even if you're a completist, I'm going to catch you up at the beginning of every episode so you know right where you are. You know, it's the kind of thing a sleep podcast does, even if it has some seriality. I canceled that out with my episodically modularity. Uh, that leads to my bare, bare hilarity. 
So it's, this is our episodically modular series, Get Bissos, uh, the tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Penny, two fictional titans of retail industry who were in purgatory or whatever the other terms for it are. I can never remember. A neutral, well, middle place, uh, post-Earth middle place. They were there. They were bored. Uh, Richard Warren Sears is reading the news, got fed up with this fictional current titan of retail industry and fiction worlds, Jif Bissos, uh, who then he told James Cash Penny about it. They felt like he ruined their retail legacy. And so they escaped purgatory, returned to Earth to get Jif, uh, teach him a couple lessons about uh, love and kindness, I, I presume. I, I wasn't sure about their motivations. Eventually, over two seasons, they had a lot of adventures. The three of them became friends. Their adventures went so well, and I put that in super quotey quotes because it didn't go great. Uh, but they had fun. They did it. It was full of love and compassion and kindness. It just that when they were doing their best, it didn't. Really, they're, they're better off sticking to retail. Uh, but soon they discovered that, that they were back in purgatory. All three of them. Then they were in purgatory. Jif started reading about this uh, new uh, titan of not just retail, of not just shopping, a social shop, shopping, social shopping media platform or something called Zbiff, run by a ubiquitous named Zbiff. And Jif decided to escape purgatory and return to Earth to teach Zebeth maybe some lessons, presumably about, you know, kindness and, and dignity and respect. Uh, Richard Warren Sears didn't necessarily like that, so he told James Cash Penny, let's escape the purgatory, go back to go, go get Bessos once again. Uh, this time more driven by friendship. They said, let's go get Jif, get Bessos, before he gets in trouble getting Zbiff. And that's where we are, somewhere on a place called Hearth, which is a backup version of Earth. Uh, but we'll, we're, you know, we always call it Hearth. I forget. It's it's Earth. It's Hearth. You know, Silent H. I just stressed it. Uh, James Cashpenny and Richard Warren Sears have been searching Earth uh, for Jif. Like, and basically, they've been following a path of places impacted by social media and shopping platforms. You know, communities fed, that became fed up with one another because of social media shopping platforms. See, normally you wouldn't be empowered to be fed up with everybody. So they were trying to help those communities and find Jif at the same time. Then they ended up in a community where they found Jif, a community uh, that was dealing with social media shopping, and uh, they said, well, we, we know sports and stuff. Uh, they then found Jif, or where Jif was, according to Jif's device was. And that's kind of where we left off, is they were going to get, well, oh, no, no, RW, I did forget this. RW told Zbiff. I don't know. I guess in addition to social media and shopping platforms, Zbiff has a uh, kind of an enforcement arm of saying, hey, this is how we run the rules of our social media and shopping platform. So they've caught Jif, or they've RW turned Jif over to them.
And now they're actually like, that's where they are. They're just, I think they're strongly discussing things. So I'm going to get to the point where they're now they're like passively indirectly talking about stuff instead of strongly. So that's where our story will start. Uh, and here, like, uh, here coming at this point, like sending his voice across California in the most clearest way possible, but, you know, because we're like, you know, we can only, now we just hang by Zoom, uh, because when I'm recording this, is our good friend, uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas. Uh, thank you, uh, the ladies, the gentlemen, the boys, the girls, the friends behind the binary. It's time to get Bessos. Yeah. Wow, that was that was great. You sound crystal clear, Antonio. Just like you're here, like it really feels like you're here. Scooter, I am there, in my heart, in my spirit, in my soul, with you and all your listeners, with me and all my listeners. Thanks. You, you're you're so moody. I mean, in a good way, you strike a mood. You know, Madonna struck struck a pose. You strike a mood. And there's nothing to it. Uh, so thanks, Antonio. Uh, you just stay. Can you stay on Squadcast? We're using Squadcast, uh, but uh, just to keep it. You know, don't mute it because. But don't make any noise. Just sit there, listening to me record, without moving at all. And then when I'm done, we'll play. We'll play a little. Uh, we're gonna play uh, kittens, right? Uh, dancing kittens or the, the dancing volcanic kittens. Is the sleepy title I just thought of. Uh, thank you. I'll be quiet from here on out. You're almost quiet like that. But yeah, that's uh, thanks. That's Antonio Banderas. This is Gep Essos. Okay, so why don't, R- Richie, why don't I tell you my version of this? Once upon a time, a long time ago, on a place called Earth, in a place called, uh, like, uh, pre like, uh, there was someone named Arnold. Benedict Arnold, who considered themselves a hero and a wise person, and actually it's been so long, I'm not exactly sure what they did. Uh, but I know they promised to help and uh, to, to, to even told probably, I don't know about, I, I've never heard an interview with the friends of Benedict Arnold. Uh, and I'm sure some of them were like, yeah, we weren't surprised. You, you know, he would borrow flour and never bring it back and, you know, never said thank you. But there's probably other friends that said, I thought he was going to help. I had no idea. You know, we had a plan to help one another and other people. And I thought we were doing our best and we're going to be, you know, we're best friendship or, you know, almost best friends, uh, near best friends. I'm sure some of them were just like speechless, like I am saying, and if they could have met up with, I don't know if they did. And they said, what, Benedict, uh. First of all, I don't know who eats breakfast named after you and if that has anything to do with it, but I hope it doesn't. But I really don't understand uh, what's up with you, man, because I thought we were working together. And, you know, I always did have a doubt in the pit of my stomach about you 
Benedict. This is Benedict's imaginary friend talking. Uh, but I really wanted to believe the best in you. And I really thought I could see the good side of you and the generous and kind and loving side of you that maybe you were afraid of, Benedict, but I knew about it because that's what I wanted to be friends with and what I chose to see. But now I'm maybe realizing that uh, that uh, that I guess I was just like seeing what I wanted to see. And really, whatever he did, but because uh, I don't really remember, because it's been so long. You, you just—I'm sure you have your own reasons that you could justify, Benedict. Totally, you do, and you could list them out, and probably you will do that as soon as I'm done talking. Or you know, maybe you'll blame—you know—blame me or Jeff or Zbiff or somebody else. Uh, or whatever, George Washington, or I don't know, James, probably put it on James Madison. Definitely don't put it on Alexander Hamilton, Benedict. I don't even know if that's the right time frame, but I can tell you that he's way so popular. If you're going to blame somebody, probably blame Aaron Burr. Though, when I did watch that, it was, uh, that was one of the people that had the most beautiful arc, but so... I don't know who you blame, but I just don't know what to say. Is really like uh, I'm D E S P O N D. I don't even. Yeah, that's so. That's all I have to say about it. Thanks, Benedict. Oh, buddy, 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 buddy. I'm not going to blame anybody. Once upon a time. Uh, there was, uh, someone who made bad choices, James, someone named Wardy Ridge, 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 Reggie, uh, Soares, uh, an old Rorty Reggie Soares of Fly High, James, and knew, Changed everything, really. The way people did things, the way people bought things, the way businesses operated. And yeah, he had his copycats. Uh, so many copycats that uh, also even said, "Well, I, I'd like that three. Na- I'd like a three name thing too." Uh, but you know that uh, he he wasn't perfect. Even though it seem seemingly he was beyond perfect, his imp- even his imperfections were really what brought you know the people the imp- imperfections people saw in him. They just didn't understand that that was what made him you know helped make him who he was. But he knew in the inside he wasn't perfect, James. He knew he made mistakes and he had a bl- he had to cover it up with bluster. And vision, and you know, move, you know, making making decisions and choices and things, James. Uh, but he could also realize when he was wrong, and there was plenty of times he wanted to admit he was wrong when he was wrong, but instead he changed the subject or blamed people. Correct. Uh, maybe he blamed his best friend who he was afraid to call his best friend. Maybe he blamed angels or supreme beings, demigods. You know, those were other mistakes he made. 
He could have blamed utopian societies that were actually near utopias, and maybe he thought he could run it better. Maybe he was wrong about that, too. Maybe he had ideas about what it meant to be, you know, strong and and all that, and, and maybe his pride got in the way of him seeing his, like, shortcomings and... That maybe being, you know, the greatest retailer, changer, you know, maybe that was not a title that was that important, even though he saw it as the most important thing. And maybe he was willing to admit that old, whatever, Warty, Reggie uh, soars. Oh, boy, did he soar so high. Everyone looked up to see him and watch him. Not like that, not like Icarus, James. This is not that kind of story. And, but he was, like, then when he did apologize, people said, like, those, maybe he's changed, like, they said, I didn't think apologies could be so good, that amends could be so thorough. But, you know, Red Wardy knew that he was, you know, he wasn't perfect, uh, and that even that, even though people saw him, as the greatest apologist and amends maker ever. And, you know, they said, well, now I know how to do it because uh, Wardy set the way. Even though, you know, he made every, you know, that, uh, and people said, well, I can't believe he has a best friend because is there a list I could get on just in case I could be his friend? Wardy knew that wasn't always the case, that, uh, Maybe his apologies or his men's could be more thorough. Maybe he was missing something he should apologize for. And, you know, maybe he could be more ready to admit when he was wrong. Wardy knew all those things, James. Uh, And, you know, he was ready to admit it when he was wrong in this fictional story. But there was also times Wardy made choices that other people, like, uh, that were right, that maybe other people couldn't see as right because they were uh, only seeing Wardy's W-A-R-T's, James. And when you're looking there, you don't see the, uh, you know, the things that lie beyond it. And you can't see the truth always when you're focused on... uh, you know, the, the, when someone doesn't soar and you only see the sour and not the sore. And you're feeling so sore that you're expecting them to apologize and admit they were wrong when they weren't wrong. Maybe they had to do some things that had to be done in order to get the things done that had needed to be done. And, you know, but, but that doesn't mean that Wardy, Wardy, Wardy Sore wasn't wrong in the past. Uh, or that, you know, maybe friends, close friends, maybe even best friends, James. You know, they didn't have a lot of strong feelings about old Wardy because, uh, you know, they'd been through a lot with him. And he could apologize for that and say, you know, I know I put being friends with old Wardy. Watching him soar can be tiring. You know, being there for him when he lands and you don't get to soar as high can't be easy. 
And sure, there's times he's out there soaring above you, having a big milkshake, and it spills on you. And you say, Wardy, I'm just down here watching. You know, that's not great. Uh, or there's times he makes other choices. I mean, probably that would be the biggest one in this story, James, though, is flying around with the milkshake and then spilling it on his best friend would be something he would say, I'm sorry, you know, and I'm sorry that was the 8,000th time I spilled a milkshake on you after I said I wouldn't soar with milkshake, you know, or whatever that was, tomato juice, I know, or grape juice or whatever. I, I, I get it. I'm wrong. I've been wrong. And maybe there'll be a time for me to make amends to you about that, uh, and buy you new clothes or wash your face. I mean, give you something to wash your face with. Uh, but this time, Wardy said, you got to trust me. You got to trust me because uh, I had an idea and I went for it. And it wasn't like uh, it wasn't as poorly thought out as normally saying, I can fly, might as well drink a milkshake without a top or straw. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying, James? Um, I, I, I guess I hear what you're saying, War, Richie. You almost said warty, buddy, but I understand why you would, really. I don't know, I'm a little thrown off, so why don't you just tell me what's what's happening? So you you meant to turn Jeff over to Zbiff. Uh, James, I did, and let me tell you why. In the most clearest terms, normally I would try to talk around things or show why. It was a guess, so I could be wrong. But I had two reasons, James. One, you know, we know Jif, right? We know Jay Jiffy, and we know Jif. We've tried to get Bassos when he was just uh, like a piece of sand in our, you know, our elbow bomb. And then we tried to get Bessos when it was a, uh, when, when he went to go get, to go look at the, the utopia named after him called Bessos. And yeah, when I was making those choices, sometimes they didn't go great. But the one thing I learned about Jeff, uh, is he's persistent, James. He's, uh, he's dogged. He's determined. And I don't think he would have given up until he got a hold of Zbiff. Maybe he even wanted me to turn him over to Zbiff. Uh, but even if he didn't, he probably will. So that's one reason, James. The other reason is, you know, even though we've become, too, you know, that you and I, we have a working relationship uh, and we're friends. We've worked together a lot over this past, however long it's been since... Uh, you know, we erased Earth twice or whatever, uh, and yeah, I de-existed the the the, the good place, all those things. Um, but we've become friends with Jif. But Jif, we Jif say, Jif's uh, like it doesn't work. We've never worked with Jif really. I mean, we tried, and you know what I'm saying, James. Jif. I can't get, we need to know what Jif was up to in order to help Jif. And as we go here, where Jif was, uh, was we as we're walking through the store, you know, glad we were walking and talking. 
I'm pretty sure we're going to find out what Jif's uh, plans were. And then we could still, we could still, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Z-Biff, you know what I mean? It's a plan. It's not a perfect plan, James. It's not even a plan. It's more of a why we're here and why did it. Okay, Richie. So you gave up Jif uh, to Z-Biff so Jif would get, because uh, Jif wouldn't be stopped anyway. Also, the the sooner or later, everybody in the world's looking for Jif because somehow J- Zbiff has blamed Jif for all of the, the the hardships the social media and shopping platform causes individuals and communities. Right, and then the communities have also blamed Jif for any attempts to fix it. So we also have, that's an ongoing thing, though. There's a whole crowd of people searching for GIF right now. And, James, they're going to find it. We have a few minutes here, and then we got to get out of here. I, I kind of sent them off in a couple other places. Uh, but sooner or later, yeah, they're going to figure out where we are. So we have to get, uh, we have to figure out what GIF was up to. Here's GIF's workstation. Well, wh- how do you know where Zebef took Jif? Well, James, my guess is that Jif uh, left us some clues. Uh, so what do we got? The stuff laying around here. What is this? Uh, it looks like this is like a like he was watching. Let's see. He left the TV on and the streaming. It looks like he's been streaming a show called uh, Country Roads and Country Cooking, the City Edition. Wait a second. Yeah, James, that doesn't make any sense. How could it be Country Roads and Country Cooking, City Edition? I guess, like, bringing the spirit of Country Roads and Country Cooking to the city. It, it, like, in, in, But what is this show? Uh, well, James, it looks like this. Maybe this is what Jif was doing to pass the time. Uh, but if you see, I've got these notes at his desk here. He has some of these restaurants written down. Uh, in the cities, uh, and actually these start to line up. We didn't have the names of the restaurants on our list, James, but there's uh, a lot of the places we've already been. Jif has crossed out, and then he has next to, but not the restaurant crossed out. He has TBV, to, to, to be visited, I think that stands for. Uh, oh, wait a second. Now there's other... Okay, so these are the un, unmarked ones, James. Uh, and it has the cities on here. Donna Della's Dumpling Diner. And then it says CBT next to it. Uh, yeah, then it says uh, Paloma's Papusas. And then it says IPT next to it. And then there's other ones, uh, blah, 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 TT, FT, DBT, PDT. Okay, any idea, like, you knew that first one, TBV. Do you know any of these other ones with these letters? Are they time zones, James? No, CBT, PDT is a time zone. But that's on another, that's on Earth, not on Earth. So probably not, I don't think they're time zones, James. Okay, so he was going to go visit these restaurants. Uh, wait a second. If you look, I got his calendar here, and he has the same thing written down. And actually, later today, he's supposed to be at Donna, Donna, Donna that diner, the dumpling diner. 
CBT. Then it has a time with the actual t- in the city. Uh, but then it looks like maybe he's trying to change the schedule. Okay, so, uh, uh-oh, James. Uh, oh, boy. What is it, Richie? Uh, well, a little, you know, uh, remember I was saying people make mistakes and they admit they made the mistakes right away? Uh, made a mistake, James. Totally unintentional. What was that, Richie? Well, remember how we were broadcasting to that giant board? And then I was also trying to broadcast to ZBiff to let him know where GIF was. Yeah, you were like live streaming. Yeah, so I've been live streaming this whole time. Uh, and it looks like everybody from this town, it looks like I was live. Oh boy. My, this one, I, it was a mistake, but it was not, a, it wasn't an intentional one. I just don't know some of these buttons. It looks like I was live streaming internationally on the ZBIF platform. I clicked, I meant to just send it to ZBIF headquarters, but I clicked whole platform streaming. So pretty much the entire earth, uh, earth knows, uh, and they saw, because so, I had that, the camera thing where we're supposed to go to get, oh, 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 well, I should, I, I shut it down now, James. Just shut it down. Okay, so everybody's going to be, okay, so we better go, James. Okay, so how are we going to do this? Like, where is it? Like, that's pretty far away. Okay, but the difference is, James, in this war on Earth, uh, remember how the Jif uh, had that thing, that rivalry uh, with the Musk, the Elton Musk or whatever? Uh, he, and he, yeah, yeah, I know. He was going to invent, yeah, he, that hyper, hyper tube thing is here. So we could just get in the hyper tube and take it. It's right out. Uh, that must have been how Jif was traveling. The hyper tube station's right here. Okay, so we should head and figure, we got to figure out what these letters mean. Okay, let's get in the hyper tube here. And it, oh, oh, we're already here. It, like this thing travels, uh, I don't know if it's light. I think it's not light speed, James. But uh, wow, I don't know how we don't have this in our world. That was convenient. Oh, we don't live on Earth anymore. Oh wait, we got like oh, so this is great for the people that live here. Yeah. So okay, it looks like okay. So the they beat us to the uh, uh, the the group of they're already surrounding the diner there. Uh, Oh, we could tune in on ZBIF. Oh, yeah, it looks like GIF's not there, according to reports. So let's go to this next place, James. Okay, this Paloma's Papoose. Okay, so let's get on the hyper hyper tube. I, IPT. Okay, let's go out of the station here. It's Okay, so we got to walk down this block. James, I'm preparing for the fact that... Uh, this plan's not going to work out because of the accidental, the, the mistake I made. Live, okay, you don't have to, you apologized once, so don't show off with your apologies. Okay, but last, I, I, once I knew it was live streaming, it made, me, it made it easier for me to apologize so everyone would see it. So I just wanted to apologize for real this time. Because I apologized last time I was doing it because I knew I was on camera. And I just wanted to look good. So now I apologize for accidentally live streaming.
all around. Oh, yeah, so they're surrounding the Donatello's Diner, but Jif's not, or Paloma's Papooses. Okay, so no one, no one uh, knows what those letters mean, though, James. So let's go back to the hyper, let's talk, because uh, I just was thinking of something when you said time zones. What do you mean, Richie? Okay, so here's the thing, James. So when we, so we've gone to these two stops, right, and they easily got there before us, and there's millions of people probably trying to track down Jay Jiffy. So not not really. Uh, we're not going to out out be ahead of them, right? But also, all these people are trying to figure out what CBT and IPT and TT, FT, DBT, PDT, those, all those mean. Uh, right, Richie. And thus far, no one's figured it out. I'm looking here. People are theorizing, but they're not, there's nothing that makes any sense. There's a lot of theories, but, I, you know, my gut's not, my gut's saying they're all wrong. Because none of them make any sense anyway. Okay, Richie, I'm not following you, though. Okay, James, so you said, what if, it, or maybe I said, one of us said, what if it was a time zone, right? PDT, one, I don't think it meant the Pacific Daylight Time and back at Earth. That's what it would be. But then you rightly said, no, they don't have the same time zones here. It's a different world. Their time zones are called different things. Okay. So these letters would only be applicable. These are letters, whatever letter system GIF's using isn't used here in Hearth. Okay, so only we would know what, what they are. No one on this planet other than me, you, and GIF would know what those stood for, and but me and you don't know. Right, right, James. So it's a good sign is uh, we don't know. I mean, it also adds a hurdle because we don't know, but it also means there's something no one else will know. Okay. Um, so if we could figure it out, like, so if we could figure it out, then, um, like, we would be the only ones to figure it out, but we don't, like, we shouldn't one of us, other than PDT, we really don't know uh, what they stand for. Okay, James, so let's try to, uh, let's try to walk through it, okay? So, Jif's going to all these places. He's trying to fix, I've been thinking a lot about it. Maybe you have, too. What what did we learn, and what did Jif probably also learn? That uh, when a, a social media and shopping platform inconveniences a community or empowers a community to inconvenience itself in a strong way, it's not really fixable. We learned that it's like a, it's not something you could just fix. It's a very complicated situation, and a lot of times by trying to fix it, you strengthen the sides or uh, increase the level of unhappiness. 
So you think Jif probably found that out too? C- correct. I'm thinking this, James, right? And also that uh, most of the temporary solutions to make it tolerable were through the ZBIF platform. Like you see, well, we can't change the feelings. We could try to change it in a different way because uh, it's not easy. There's a lot of strong feelings. And I guess what I've learned from your feelings, James, is that uh, you know, strong feelings just don't go away. They're there. And you can't not apologize, uh, for example, between us. I mean, I understand you're, you're frustrated with me, and you, you have been for a long time. You'll, and here's the thing, James, a little conundrum. You'll always be frustrated with me at times. Okay, I'm getting a little frustrated now just because I don't see where you're going. I thought we were trying to figure out these numbers. Or letters or whatever. Okay, James, we're more trying to deduce uh, what they are. So, oh, so just trying to fix things, even when we try to fix things, you can't make them better. We're either making them worse or putting Band-Aids on it. That was our frustration where we felt like we were just repeating everything. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, then... There's the fact that Jif's uh, lived a lot, both as a, a, a human and as a post-human. And, you know, while it might not be apparently evident, you know, I've lived a lot too. And you can't help but learn things, even if it's by accident sometimes. And we also, the three of us, or the four of us, if you include ZBIF, uh, we're all very successful a driving consumer behavior, I guess, would be a really simple in providing solutions while driving consumer behavior. Okay, yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. And so, what uh, maybe you learn after and you look back at things is like, well, I would have done this differently, or what was I pursuing, or what was my responsibility? Yeah, you know, we, 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 did, did, did you, you don't ever talk about this, James, and I realize we don't really have a lot of time to talk about these things. But do you have any, you know, things you look back on and you're not, that you would do differently now? Yeah, and I mean, it's not easy to think about, so I'm glad we don't talk about it because, but yeah, a lot, you know, obviously, I mean... Not just on while well, I was a human, but post-human, I'd make a lot of different choices too. Okay, but post-human is different. When we were titans of retail industry, didn't people ever come in and say, "Oh, you have a responsibility to do this," and we'd say, "Well, put it in the bill. You know, make us follow it, and we'll follow it." Uh, but we're accountable to the people we're accountable for. Maybe, you know, maybe for me, maybe that was a mistake I, I look back at and I say, well, huh. Okay, Richie, but I think when you when you go into that, you also have to look at the emotions behind that and say, well, could you, like, go back to your emotions at the time and say, well, would you have said, well, I'll just be more accountable to be more accountable? Is that realistic? No, James, but if you follow me one more step further into Jif's mind, what if this is what Jif—so maybe it all only happened here on Earth, 
what if Jif, in following our path, maybe Jif thought of this before we did, James, and now I'm only thinking about it. Maybe it hasn't crossed your mind, but I think it probably has in some way, James. What if Jif uh, realized that it was futile a little bit, all of our efforts? And was it because of people or was it because of the ubiquity of the social media and shopping platform? Okay, I think I'm missing one piece of this. Okay, well, just like J.C., just like Richard Warren, just like Jif, uh, our businesses uh, were mostly uh, to do income generating things, and like a large part of that emotional and actual accountability was to that. Uh, and like you're saying, the feelings about saying, "Well, now we need you to be accountable to this," you say, "Well, that's a different system." Like when we were in Bessos Utopia. You were accountable for your choices in a different way than on Earth or Hearth. Okay. So what if Jif was trying to come up with a way? Like, okay, James. So like, remember we talk about like when you uh, with the straws, uh, you can't just keep throwing stuff away or diluting things, not dilute like dilute. Uh, uh, can you put it into words for me, James? I don't know if I'm able to put it into words, but I think I know you know what I'm talking about. So you're saying that Jif is trying to come up with a framework, like some sort of professional framework, to make ZBIF accountable for the emotional pollution it causes. Uh, in, in a real intangible, and you're, you're probably saying like a science-backed way, because that would be actually data-driven, which would fit in the revenue like framework. Uh, correct, James. Jif maybe had one plan going in, but Jif's plans have changed. Okay, so if that was the case, Jif would be. If Jif's plans changed, which you're right, before Donna Della's Dumpling Diner, there wasn't any, like, these, like, initials before it. Uh, right, James. So what if Jif was meeting with professionals to try to come up with an accountability standards uh, for ZBF? He was also kind of, he was probably not going as Jay Jiffy. So those people didn't know. They were probably meeting at these places. Jeff said, well, I want to go on the uh, Country Roads, Country Cooking uh, City Tour. Like, that was just how Jeff was react, re- relaxing. But he said, well, I might as well meet that person at the, the, the uh, Papusa place. And uh, so these are like, oh, wait a second, you're right, uh, Wait, so you're saying that Jif was meeting with scientists and mental health professionals uh, to do it to, wow, Richie, I can't believe you came to all these conclusions. Uh, Well, yeah, James, I mean, there was a little, a couple other Jif's notes I didn't point out to you that helped me. But here's the thing Jif didn't realize, James. What's that, Richie? 
uh, sooner or later, all these people are trying to find Jif, and they're going to figure out what those. They're going to figure out who was at the diner. They're going to interview everybody, and you know, between the collective work, they're going to figure this out. And then they're going to, uh, I guess, they're going to have to decide how they feel about it. Uh, so that's going to take a little bit of time. So that gives us a little bit of time. Because what our job is at this point, James, uh, is the same job we had, which now we don't know who Zebif is, right? We don't know how Zebif's going to feel about this. Uh, we just got to go get Bessos. I mean, that's all why we started this, and that's how we're going to get to the end of this. Um, I mean, maybe we should probably help Hearth, uh, and if Zebif's open to being helped, but maybe Hearth will decide. They don't want a uh, science-backed, uh, you know, solution uh, for pollution, you know, caused by social media and shopping platforms. Yeah, I don't know if people will go for the term emotional pollution. I just don't think that's, uh, I think it's an apt description, but uh, yeah, right, James. But it is Zebus' responsibility uh, I mean, maybe it was our responsibility, too, and we I shirked it. I'll admit it. I'll admit it, James, because uh, speaking in a fictional, you know, it, it may, maybe, or, you know, yeah, I know what you mean, Richie. So with that said, what do we, how do we get Bessos then? If, if, because uh, sooner or later, we're, I guess we're back at zero then, aren't we? No, James, because right now we're the only ones that know what Jif is up to, except maybe Zebif. Maybe Jif's either told them or they're trying to get it out of Jif, and they're using, they have all those algorithms, James, different than the human algorithm. So we have the humans or the Hearthians trying to figure it out, and then we have Zebif and Zebif's algorithms trying to figure it out, and they have Jif. So they may be close because they're probably monitoring what everyone else is saying. So what do we do? Okay, James. Well, we're, I borrowed someone's device. They left it when the when they were all trying to gather around the pupusa place. Uh, so I have a plan. And what's your plan? We're going to go undercover and we're going to get Bessos. We're going to present ourselves. Here, I'll make a call. You st- just sit here. Let's go to this, uh, let's uh, check into this. Uh, hi, we, we'd like to check in. Yeah, where uh, we, uh, we uh, yeah, you could use this phone, whatever the credits are. And Oh, great, a lot of credits on the phone. Don't worry, we'll make amends, James, don't worry. Yeah, we'd like to check into a room. Just for a little while, we're going to rest. Uh, okay, thank you. Yeah, oh, that's my favorite number, by the way. Thanks, have a great day. Okay, Richie, I don't understand why we're going to a room. Well, because we got to get some rest. I'll tell you now. Oh, let's step into our room here. You bed for each of us, James. Lie down and get comfortable. I'll tell you the plan. Then we'll get some rest, and then we'll enact the plan. Okay, Richie, I'm comfortable. James, get under the covers, please, and take your shoes off. Um, I mean, come on. Okay, I'm under the covers, Richie. Okay, James, here's the plan. Well, two plans. You could choose which one, and you could think about it and decide in the morning. We call Zbiff on this device. We tell them 
that we were supposed to meet with Jeff, Jay Jiffy. We present ourselves as experts in, uh, maybe we even say that we're from another world. We're experts in, um, uh, Freudian, you know, we're Freudians. I don't think that's what they're called, Richie, but I think that's what PDT is actually. How do you know that, James? Uh, James, tell me how you feel about me understanding. Okay, so what, that's the plan. Or we tell them we're doing a reality show. We were scheduled, we were scheduled to do a reality. I looked at the reality show, too. Uh, the same thing. We just tell them the same thing. But, oh, we, yeah, we're the two. We were hired by Jiff, uh, Jay Jiffy to do a reality show. Uh, and, you know, but, but still around this mental health of uh, understanding. You know, so either way. And, and then, uh, well, no, 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 we don't tell them that, James. Here's the thing. We give them only a tease of that. We were supposed to meet with Jay Jiffy at the uh, uh, Henrietta's uh, Hamburger Heaven, wherever, whatever, you know, someplace we'll make up uh, where J. Jiffy was supposed to meet us. J. Jiffy, Jiffy will know what that means because hamburger might not be a word here. I think it is. A weird thing about the backup, I just don't think the initials are the same. Okay, James, either way, though. And then Jiff will... Uh, We'll go with ZBIF will be in, and we'll figure it out from there. Oh, so we tease why we were supposed to meet uh, uh, Jif. And maybe we tell them we have to tell Jif in person, or maybe they'll just want to observe it. Okay, I think that's a great plan. Let's get some rest. Okay, James, you get rest. Uh, and, you know, maybe while you rest, James, think about, uh, you know, those examples I tried to set with that story about, uh, you know, apologies to best friends, making amends, you know, anything that might come up for you that you may, you know, that you might relate to with that character, Wardy, you know. And I'll rest here and I'll think about uh, whatever story, you oh, the story of Benedict Arnold and how I could help him. If I was Benedict Arnold's imaginary friend, how I would help him. Okay, good night, James. Good night. Richie, thank you. Thank you so much, really. Uh, It means a lot to me, and good night.